So this morning, I'm going to continue on what wasn't intentionally meant to be a three-part series, but it has kind of worked that way. And can you guys believe that next week is Mother's Day? It's just like so amazing this year. It's just flying by, but um, it's really awesome that next week is Mother's Day. So everybody, if you have the opportunity, bring your mother here, and we'll do something special for all the moms, and it'll be a great time that we have. But um, next week is actually Mother's Day. But the way this has worked out is the message God gave me two weeks ago led into last week's message, and then it led into God showing me that was what this week was. And that's unusual for me how God does things, but it's really kind of awesome how it just all fit together. So I just want to give a brief recap, and for those who were watching online and weren't able to be here last week, and here you can go back to our app or actually to our online church, cotrdallas.tv. You can go watch the videos of the last services, the last previous weeks. But I'm going to give a short recap so we're all on the same page. And, and I just want to remind you that we're all from different backgrounds. We all have different families, different ways we were raised, but we're all on a journey. God's called us to do this journey and to walk this path. And we're all on it at, d- at various different places. My wife would say, you know, as women, that what you go through today, I may have went through yesterday, or I'm going to go through tomorrow. And we're just all at different places, so, but we're all going to go through the same things. Well, it's the same way for all of us. We're all on the journey. And, and I encourage you that we need to have three different levels of that. We should have people on that journey ahead of us that have gone before us, someone that's further down the path with God that can encourage us. And when we're saying, man, I'm, I'm not seeing this, I, it's a difficult time that, that you've got somebody that can say, hey man, I remember that. Let me, let me pray for you. Yeah, let me encourage you. And then you need people on the same level that you can just link up and say, man, we're going through this together. You know, we're going to make it. But we also need people that aren't quite where we're at, that are further behind us in the journey, not in a place of value, but just in where they've walked in that journey so that we can pull people along. We can pull people with us and someone's up above us pulling us as well, but we're all on the journey. But now, at all of us on this journey, at some point, we will want something to be different. And that may be personally, or it may be relationally, or it may even be professionally, things in our work, or any of a number of other things. And it's important to note that people who want things to change have to take next steps. So if I'm on a journey and I never take the next step of where I'm supposed to go, everybody's going to be passing me by and I'll see the world pass me by, and I'm not changing. Nothing's happening to me. It's required that I take next steps. We also saw last week that we often reject the path that God has for us because it doesn't look like what I think it should look like. We went into great detail on that with Naaman and how God told him to do something he didn't think was good. He thought it was a better place to do, and he had all this conflict, and we went really deep into that. I'm not going to rehash that, but just a reminder that we often reject the path that God has because it doesn't look like what I think it should. And we, we often can't see the work that God is doing in our lives. But God has been involved with a plan for you for your entire life. And he isn't scrambling up in heaven going, okay, we got to put something together because they came to church this morning and, oh, they read the Bible this week. Oh, oh how are we going to make this all, all going to... He's got a plan and you're perfectly in the middle of it. But you can't be what you can't see. You can't become 
what you can't see. And I, I'm very visual of myself. And Michael and I were working on some of the lights and stuff last night. And Michael and Jesse do so much work around here. I just have to constantly give them major props for all the work they do. But we are doing some lights. And, and you'll notice that every one of those are exactly the same measurement. Michael had a measuring tape up here with all those things. But we're talking about how that we'll often just sit and just stare at something. Because until I can visualize it, until I can see exactly how it's all going to come together, I can't move beyond that. But it's the same way in our lives. I can't become what God wants me. I can't take that next step till I visualize it. So we have to see what we need for the next step. But that's why we need God in our lives so we can see what he sees in us. And we saw last week that people who want change take next steps. And that's what God wants us to do. So that's all the recap. I just tried to roll last week's message into just a couple of minutes to bring us all onto the same page. So now that we firmly know that we have to take next steps to grow for the lives, for our change in our lives and all of this to happen in our lives, and that's God's will for us. This week we're looking at that there's barriers that keep us from next steps. And there's three we're going to look at in particular, but if you'll open your Bibles with me to Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1, it'll come up on the screen here as well. It says, therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. So even here, the writer of Hebrews, who I believe is Paul, is saying, we can't just stay the same. We need to move beyond. We don't need to stay in the nursery. As wonderful as the nursery is and as wonderful and advanced as our kids' church is, we can't just stay at the elementary level forever. But we need to be moving and to be taken forward into maturity. So we've got to keep taking steps. That's God's plan for us. And when we want to move beyond where we are, we have to allow God to take us forward and often run into a barrier. We come up against something that's like, okay, I'm trying to do this, and all of a sudden, bam, we hit this brick wall that we think. You may have even heard some of the messages we had and some of the, the things and the teachings of God and say, that's not for me. I mean, I, there's no way I can have that. I, I mean, I would like that, but that's just not for me. See, my goal is to expose some hurdles this morning. Excuse me, to expose some barriers this morning and turn them into hurdles. Now, I can't think of hurdles without thinking of myself as a junior high boy running track, and they put me out there to run hurdles, and I actually liked running hurdles. It was fun, but I didn't do it right. And they always would get on to me as my mom and dad are watching, they're probably going to cringe a little bit with this too. But I'd always stick my tongue out in between my teeth as I'm going over the hurdles. And the coaches and everybody's like, oh my gosh, if you trip over that thing, you're going to land. You're going to bite your tongue off. And then we're going to have to face your mom and your dad. And this is going to be terrible. And it's just, it's an involuntary reaction that every time I would go to leap over that hurdle, my tongue would go out and my teeth would just like, I don't know why I did that. It's just, that was just me. And, and I didn't develop the proper form. You're supposed to have this leg kicked out perfectly level with the ground. And this one over here bent out like this. And it just makes this perfect level. And you just soar over the hurdle and keep running. No, not me. I'm like a jackrabbit. I went way higher than that. And I'm just like standing over it. I mean, it looked ridiculous. I mean, I cleared it. I did it well. But what could have been a much better race. I could have done more efficiently if I'd have done the grace of how they try. If I'd have taken the time to develop my skills, 
You see, that hurdle was in front of us. And, and as we're running this race, oftentimes we come across the saying, it's like, okay, what am I going to do? Because there's something standing in my path. But this morning, I want us to find a way to get over it. Whether we're going to hurdle over it, we're going to look like me that just looks like, that's so not graceful. We crawl under it, we go around it, whatever we need to get past it. The first hurdle, the first barrier I want us to look at this morning is our past. Sometimes our past is our barrier to our next step to our future. Sometimes our past is our barrier to our next step to our future. My heart for you and God's heart for you is that you take all the steps that he has for you. He says in his book, it's all your days written. And he's got chapters for your entire life. It's all there. And he wants you to take this step and then this step and this step all the way up until your last step. And when he calls you home, and, and he doesn't want you to miss one. And that's my heart. But so many times there's things in our past that will be a roadblock and it will come and where God's like, man, I got so much more for you. And we just stop at this hurdle and we just look at it and go, I can't, I can't go on. Something that has happened in our past causes us to believe that whatever that is, whatever that thing has happened, it's going to continue on in the future. So maybe someone hurt you in the past. Maybe you made a bad decision in the past. Maybe you've, you've got some things that you're even cringing now as I'm, t- I'm talking about this. Like, well, can you move on to the next thing? Because I really don't want to think about that. And you have that thought that that's always going to be there. And it will continue on in the future. See, the first barrier I want to suggest to you is, how do I see me? What is my perspective on life? How do I see me? So if you made mistakes 10 years ago, the devil is there so quick to tell you, you can never get past that. That mistake is always going to haunt you. In fact, that mistake... It defines you. But I'm here to tell you today that God's plan for you hasn't changed. There may be some additional chapters that you wrote in the book that he didn't write. But he's there, got the same plan for you. He hasn't changed his plan for you. He hasn't changed his mind about you. He's like, here's where I want to take you. That past that is a barrier that needs to be a hurdle, you need to get past that to keep going in the path and the steps that I have for you. It doesn't change the plan of God for you or your life. We look at the Bible and we see all of the different stories of the people that are written in there. And some of them, I'm thinking, man, it's good that you made the Bible, but some of those stories are like, man, I would rather not be in the Bible than for you to understand what I did and all my mistakes to be out there. And and I think about Joseph. I mean, he was in there wrongly accused, but he has a prison record when it gets out. So someone would say, listen, man, I, I, I want to serve God. I want to do, but I got a pass. I got a record. Man, I, I, I've been locked up before. And I was just talking about Amber and, the, and the, the thing that we're there for her and just God's doing such amazing things in her life. She's going to come out and say, hey, I've been to jail. I've been to prison. That doesn't define her life for the rest. God still has a plan for her and he has a plan for every single one of us. David in the Bible is most notable of all the things. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you did that stuff. And oh my gosh, I can't believe it's in the Bible. I mean, he committed adultery. 
he was not where he was supposed to be. And then he committed murder to cover up. And then he did another cover up. And it's this huge, huge thing. And we would look at it and go, oh my gosh. If that happened today, it would be on primetime news on everything. And we were like, you can't be a pastor anymore. You can't serve God. You're, you're, you're all of these things. And God's like, he's a man after my heart. Blows my mind. But you see, his mistakes did not define him in God's mind. His mistakes was not a hurdle that, okay, now you're disqualified. You can't move on. But you see, the enemy wants to take your past and make you continually live in it. That thing does not define you. By the way, he does the same thing on the opposite side with your successes. He'll say, look at what God did with you all those years ago, and you just live on that and say, that's the way it's supposed to be. You see, Jesus didn't heal the same way every time. He didn't say, okay, you, you've got a blindness, okay, then, okay, give me some mud, because we've got to spit on it, because that's what we do to heal. No, he did it every, every time he did it differently. God's going to use, your successes are great for him, but he's going to do it a different way now. You've got to remember the why he did what he did, not how he did it. The fact that he did a miracle, the fact that he did something wonderful in your life. So you can't define your future based on your past. Whether that's good or whether that's bad. The next barrier to our taking next steps is our perspective. Our perspective. So the first one is, how do I see me? This one is, how do I see me through someone else's eyes? See, if you don't keep your perspective in the right place, it will always keep you back. You'll, you'll be thinking, well, I don't know what they think about me. Or, well, if I do what God called me to do, uh, what will they think about me? And, and, all, uh, uh, and we get all this thing, we get wrapped up in what other people think. And, and, and I didn't even think about this until right now, that when God called me into the ministry, it was a long time ago, and I was in the ministry, and then there was a period of time that he spoke to me one day. He says, I want you to start calling yourself Pastor Kevin. I'm like, oh, no. Uh-uh, no way. I wasn't even in a pastoral role at the church I was serving in. I'm like, now, I hate people that just put a title on themselves and come walking in, you know, like I got a diploma off the internet, so now I'm qualified. I mean, I hate, hate, hate that stuff. And God's like, no, I want you to start doing this. Like, Abraham, you're calling yourself. I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. And I fought that so bad. See, I was more concerned what everybody else thought about me than what God was telling me. But what happens when God speaks to you to do something you've never done? <laughs> Very similarly, when God called me to start this church, we were at North Church, and Dr. Kennedy decided that he was going to retire. And he stood up and said, okay, everybody, June 30th is our last service. Go find another church. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to keep serving here, and I'm just going to keep going on. And then God spoke to me and says, now's the time. I want you to plant this church. And I'm like, no, God. No, 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 no. You got this all wrong. I, no, I, I, I'm good at being the number two guy or the number four guy or the number 500 guy. I don't care what, but Lord, I don't want to be the senior pastor. I don't want to have to have the, the burden of the goal and, and all this stuff. He goes, oh, the last 30 years of you serving us for now. I'm like, I, I don't see myself as that. And I don't see, you see, I was so worried about what other people saw. But what happens when God calls you to join an outreach? We're talking about the outreaches we're doing to the homeless and to the, the nursing homes and the different things. What if God calls you to be a part of that? And you're like, that's not in my comfort zone. He's like, but that's the step I want you to take. 
Because in this path of the growth that I have for you, this is where I want you to go. And you're like, no, I'm not okay with that. And that's not comfortable for me. He's like, but that's where I've got you. That's where I want to take you. Or he says, hey, there's ministries going on at the church. I want you to be a greeter. I want you to be one of the people in the parking lot as we continue to grow. That There's somebody out there to greet you and show you. And maybe waving out there, telling you where we're at. And we've got some cool little signs. You can stand out there and say, hey, the church is this way. You know, and maybe this you and you're like, no, I can't see me standing out the road holding a sign saying, church is this way. No, no, no. God's like, hey, this is where I'm trying to get you to go. This is the next step I have for you. And you're like, <clears throat> see, we're worried about what other people see in us. What if God says, hey, I want you to join a small group. Like, I'm uncomfortable with people getting to know me. And, and, and then you take the next step and he says, okay, now I want you to start a small group. Oh my gosh, I can't see myself leading a small group. God's like, I am doing these steps in your life. It may not look like what you think it's going to look like or what it should look like, but this is the path I've got. Are you going to stop at that hurdle that's like, what is everybody going to think about me? Maybe somebody's even told you, you can't do anything like that. Maybe you immediately think, I can never do that. Yes, you can. You just need a new perspective. See, how do I see me? then how do I see me through someone else's eyes? The last barrier I think is so important for us to understand is doubt. Doubt is one of those things that prevents us from chasing our dreams, chasing after God, and taking our next thought, our next steps. How many times have you thought, I can't do that? I doubt I could do that. That just, no. And again, what I start off with, there's something that you'll think, that's not for me. I want it to be for me, but that's just not for me. Scientists have calculated that the average person thinks about 40,000 thoughts a day. Some as many as 60,000, some as few as 12,000, but the average is around 40,000. And the great majority of those thoughts are automatic, that you're not trying to make those thoughts happen. They just come to you, and the great majority of them are negative. Now, you may be thinking of somebody right away and say, well, they probably have more than 40 and they're 110% negative because everything that comes out of them is negative. But this is across the board. Almost all of us have thoughts that come into our mind automatically and are negative. Oftentimes, we aren't even aware of doubt when it's in our life because we've simply become used to it. But can I tell you something this morning? God doesn't doubt you. He doesn't doubt the plan he has for your life. He's not up going, I don't think they're going to be able to do it. I don't think, oh yeah, look at them. Oh, they're trying, but they're not going to be. No, God has this great, great perspective of you. He sees your potential. He sees your hope. He sees your purpose. See, how do I see me? How do I see me through other people's eyes? We need to get where we see, how do I see me through God's eyes? What's God's plan that he's got for me? And stop letting these hurdles get there in front of us. There. Our passes are hurdles. Like, I can't get past that. Then it's the perspective of what other people think of me. And then, well, I doubt I could do this. We got to get past all of these hurdles. You may have heard this question before, but I want to challenge you again with it. What would you do if you knew for certain that you wouldn't fail? 
What would you take the next step? What would you launch out in if you knew for sure that you didn't have any doubt that you wouldn't fail? What would you do? I want us to look at Hebrews chapter 12. And it's maybe a familiar verse, but I want us to look at it from an entirely different way. And I love the way that all the pieces just come together with this. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. Even here we're seeing the analogy of running a race in the path and that we're on a journey and it's all the same metaphorical things that are going on here. But I want us to go back to the previous screen where it talks about sin. It says especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And, And as I was looking through this, that just really jumped out at me. That there's a weight that kind of weights us down. And it may be our past. It may be these other things. It says, or especially the sin. And I'm like, what? If you really start digging down deep into that, I start, it doesn't really make sense in the context. So I looked it up. And it literally means, and I got a screen here, we can see what it literally means. It means to be without a share in, to miss the mark, to err or be mistaken, or to miss or wander from the path of a brightness. God's saying, it's not about all your past mistakes. It it is about you missing the mark, but it's also that you're not even sharing in what I've got for you. He goes on to say that easily besets us or we easily miss the mark. And that is the only time in the entire Bible that that word is used. And it is a connotation of a competitor, someone racing in the same direction that is kind of changing your focus so you don't focus on the race, but you get sidetracked. Now, I want to put it all together for you in that same verse with the literal meanings. And let's look at what, uh, let's look at how it comes out. Strip off every weight that slows us down, especially missing the mark. Living in the past or being without a share in the plan of God that is so easily a competitor to following God. It's an entirely different perspective of that verse. But the beginning of that says, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses... It's referring to all the people who went before us. It's the David. It is the Josephs. It's all the people that have gone before us, before God. And they're up there cheering us on. They're saying, strip off every way. Don't let something weigh you down, especially when you miss the mark. When you got something in your past, you go, oh, I wish I hadn't done that. Let it go. Don't let that continue to define you or, or living in the past or being without a share. It's like, man, I see that God wants me to go over there. I see God wants me to take this next step, but I just can't do it because what are they going to think about me? Or, but he says, don't do anything that so easily competes with following God. The same word in Galatians 1, 4. Jesus gave his life for our sins, for our past, for our missing it, for us to have the share in the plan of God in order to rescue us. In Hebrews 3, 13, it says, Encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you will be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. 
Same word, sin, there is the same thing. Where you miss the mark. Where you, you didn't have, where you're missing all these things. That Don't let those things define you today. In the NLT it says, warn each other every day. While it is still today, so that none of you will be deceived by sin. By missing it. By your past. By these things defining you. Don't let those things be hurdles in your life. Go over them. And then be hardened that you miss out on the plan of God in your life. And I love Hebrews 3.13. Because it kind of brings our hashtag that I talk about all the time. That we're better together. Because one translation says encourage one another. Another one says warn each other. That man we're better together. Remember I said you'll have people on either side with you. Or someone in front of you going hey come on you can do it. Don't let that thing hold you back. And then you're doing it to someone else. That we're all in this together and we're better together. See Jesus said in John 16. In this world you'll have tribulation. But take courage. I've overcome the world. He also said in Philippians 1.6 that he who began a good work in you, he's going to continue it until he's finally finished on the day when Jesus returns. So this path, this journey, it's going to have more next steps. And when you take this one, that's not the last one. And then there's another one. And it keeps going and it keeps going and keeps going. And it's the good work. It is the path that God has for you. What is those next steps? I want to circle back and just mention a few that it could be. It could be the first 15 that we talk about so often. That the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning is just, good morning, God. Good morning, Holy Spirit. Good morning, Jesus. Good morning, Father. Thank you for today. Thank you that I woke up this morning. Just spend five minutes in prayer. Then five minutes in worship. And then five minutes reading the Bible. And it could just be reading the one-year Bible and pulling out your phone and it's just right there in the app or... Maybe you got the, the paper Bible that my wife likes better. It, but you just spend the first 15 of your day. Maybe that's your next step. It's like, man, I can't conquer. 15 minutes, everybody can do 15 minutes. Maybe it's reading the one your Bible and joining in with us and saying, man, I'm going to commit that I'm going to give my best shot. That I'm going to read it. Man, if I miss a day, then I'm just going to pick up when the next time I have the opportunity. Well, we have church prayer here every morning, every Saturday morning at 8 o'clock. Maybe that's the next step that God would call you to. Man, I know it's not convenient. It's not. It's early in the morning, and and I gotta go. And it's yeah, maybe that's the next step because God wants to do something in your heart. Or two times a year, we do twenty-one days of prayer. We come here at six o'clock in the morning for twenty-one days straight. One of the times we actually fast with it. Or maybe it's worship music, that you incorporate worship music into your day. Maybe it's going to work, that you put on the worship music instead of what else you normally listen to. Or maybe it's coming back from work because that's when you really need to have worship music going on because it's been a tough day. Or finding a daily time to pray. Or it's giving. Or it's water baptism. And we're, we're very soon going to buy, I found an a inflatable uh, jacuzzi that we can get. And we're going to take those seats out. And we're going to put it right here. and It's going to set up. And we're finally going to be able to have a baptism service. And maybe that's the next step for you. We talked about growth track is this coming Tuesday. And we're trying to find all the different times that it will work for everyone to know. Or small groups. Or maybe it's inviting someone to church. But you see, Jesus says, he's got these paths for you. He's got this journey. And God says in Jeremiah 29, 11, he has great plans for you. They're for good and not for disaster, but a hope and a future. 
He has plans for you that are great. The question is, will you let him? Will you bow your head and close your eyes? God's plans for us are so great and amazing. But that doesn't mean I'm going to realize them. I have to take the next step. Nowhere in the Bible does God come down and beat us over the head to make us take the next step. He says, I wish everybody would come to know me. But unfortunately, some aren't. (coughs) But the first of all the next steps is knowing God. And that begins with a decision. What is the next step God's calling you to? Is it a decision to accept Christ for the first time? Or maybe you once walked with God and you say, if I'm honest, Pastor Kevin, I'm I'm far from God. So if you're in the sound of my voice, whether you're watching online through the online church or the podcast or in this room, today can be your day. And really it's a personal moment but I'm here to help you with the words I'm not going to invite anybody up I'm not going to embarrass you this is just a moment between you and God but if that's you I just want to invite you to say this prayer with me say Jesus come into my life I ask you forgive me I invite you into my life my hopes, my future. I surrender it all to you. I come just as I am, and I choose to follow you. I trust in you to reveal my next step and every step from today forward. And the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you with all of my heart. Today, I give you my heart. Father, I pray for everyone who prayed that prayer for the first time or for another time. Lord, I pray for all of us that, Lord, that we all have a place that we have that is a next step. And, Lord, as we are facing this message, whether it's just going to be a nice little message that we walk out of the store, if it's going to be something that we're challenged to actually take action steps with, that you will encourage us, that you will lead us in the path that you have for us. In Jesus' name.